welcome back to the Evolution of Evil podcast, where today we're going to be talking about aesthetic theory. We have a special guest today, and we're going to be discussing Frankenstein and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. So, how do you guys think nature affects Frankenstein, especially in his creation of his monster? I think that um, Victor Frankenstein, he obviously has a great respect for nature because um, he turns to it to offer him some comfort. Like after Justine and William died, he was describing it in such a matter and he was using words like glorious, silent, sublime, and magnificent. But at the same time, I feel like he thinks that he is sort of equal with nature and he often tries to challenge it like when he created his monster. So he does respect it, but at the same time, he's not enough to, like, not go against it. So I think um, another interesting thing uh, between Frankenstein and nature in general, it really seems like Frankenstein replaces, like, typical human relationships with the presence of nature. And I have a quote from Robert Walton in Letter 4 that says, Even broken in spirit as he is, no one can feel more deeply than he does the beauties of nature. The starry sky, the sea, and every sight afforded by these pow- these wonderful regions seem still to have the power of elevating his soul from earth. Such a man has a double existence. He may suffer misery and be overwhelmed by disappointments, yet when he has retired into himself, he will be like a celestial spirit that has a halo around him within those circle no grief or folly ventures. So yeah, it just seems like he, instead of, you know, talking to people with his problems and stuff, he really just confides in nature and he just really absorbs and takes in the beauty and i also think that's probably why he wanted you know to work alone while he was creating you know frankenstein's bride and just in general doing his research just so that he can basically be surrounded by what he loves nature instead of people all right so what do you guys think the difference between nature and frankenstein and nature in the ancient mariner Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, Mariner, nature is much more personified. It plays a much more active role throughout the entire poem. Like, for instance, in Frankenstein, like, there isn't really something, like, nature isn't very, isn't depicted as that powerful. Um, Like, the only significant moments are, you know, when Frankenstein is um, confiding in nature while in the Ancient Mariner, you know, it, it basically turns the mariner and its entire crew it turns their life around it like completely sweeps them off their feet and it's and i think in ancient mariner it's depicted more as mother nature as like this really powerful you know force that should be respected and revered how do you think like the monster like victor elaborated with like lightning and electricity well, I think that that is a, a connection with uh, the spark of life and the idea that he, um, Victor, took on almost godlike capabilities by creating life. The lightning, that is what sparked the life in this monster. Well, I think he went into it with this idea that, hey, I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to see how far I can take science. I mean, for him, it was just a challenge to science. But to other people who are looking on the outside, they're like, you know, only God can do this. And now 
you've taken this on. But then the other problem he created was this idea that, you know, I created this life, I cr- and I created this monster, and now I see this monster that I've created, and now what am I supposed to do? He didn't think beyond the creation, and he didn't look at the human consequences that came about. That's why he abandoned it. He was like, oh wow, I created this life. Now what? I think Victor realized, and it even says in the book, that he com- uh, contemplated the idea of the monsters, that he, the second monster he created having free will, and actually allowing his first monster to realize how he's an actual being that has, has can have feelings and emotions, but also that he doesn't necessarily need Victor to survive. He can find other things to enjoy and be a part of that. Well, that that's the important part that he didn't foresee at first when he looked at it as science. He didn't take into account the free will. He didn't take into account the emotions. And so he didn't know how to deal with that. And I think that him throwing the, the bride in, um, in the ocean, in the water, and getting rid of it, uh, basically shows that he didn't understand truly what the monster needed. I mean, the monster needed this companion. So I noticed that you said that the monster needed it. Do you think that if Victor would have created the bride, then it would have calmed the monster down and ended that sense of isolation that resulted in the destruction? At the end of the day, it comes down to he was completely seeing the monster as just this scientific creature that... And, you know, he saw it very selfishly. He looked at it as just his creation not like his child, which he should have looked at it in that way, because in that way he could have understood the emotional aspect of the monster. Like I think overall, just any companion, you know, male or female, would have definitely helped the monster, um, having the monster someone to confide in, and honestly, someone that physically looks similar to the monster, so it can feel comfortable, because in this society, you know, no one looks like the monster, he feels completely abandoned. So I think having a companion would definitely have calmed the monster down and it probably would have just went on its own and lived in nature. I probably I also find it really ironic how we talked about how Victor admires nature as a whole, but when he talks about his own creation he doesn't have the feeling or compassion for something that he created himself. I agree. I think it's ironic how he has so much respect for nature and stuff and yet he's willing to like go against it and kind of offend it in a way by taking on like that godly role of creating life and then completely like abandoning the life that he has created and i think that also accounts for like the destruction that follows his creation because i feel like in a way it's kind of nature not so much like seeking revenge but like trying to amend what you had wrong by like making life which is why i think like nature took its toll and he eventually lost everyone that was close to him and that's kind of similar to what happens in *Rime of the Ancient Mariner when the Ancient Mariner kills the albatross and because of that nature takes its toll and it uh, sinks the ship, kills his crew like, and then he has to deal with all of those tolls because it's saying that nature is sort of like a, nature's interaction with the spiritual world so what you do with nature will eventually come back to haunt you. So what do you guys think about the constantly changing weather and like overall mood in the rhyme of the ancient Mariner? For instance, the sun. I think the the different weather being described in the ancient mirror is a reflection of 
what's like the spiritual world and how it's reacting to their actions. After he kills the albatross, he describes the ship and how there's no movement and it was completely silent. And he says, day after day, day after day, we suck, nor breath, nor motion, as idle as a painted ship upon a painted ocean. So when he says that, he is describing how he kind of threw off the balance of nature when he killed the albatross. And because of that, like, there's no wind, no motion, they're not moving, and they're just stuck there waiting for, like, the repercussions of it. Yeah, and one thing that I thought was really interesting was, at first, when he killed the albatross, all the sailors were upset, but then the weather started getting better, and they were like, oh, he actually did a good thing for us, even though he killed a bird of good omen. And I thought it was interesting that the author decided to improve the weather after the albatross was killed, and I just took that as, like, you know, nature almost having human-like qualities, wanting to deceive everyone on the ship, so I just thought that was very interesting. Well, I think the deception takes full circle when the mariner starts to look over the ship and he sees all the animals. There's a quote that I pulled that says, I watched the water snakes. They moved in the tracks of shining white, and then they reared. The elfish light fell in hoary flakes. After that, they completely disappeared. And with their disappearance, the weather started to turn. It also turned the mood of the sailors. And that's why later on to the poem, it started speaking of the ship being a complete prison, which then again ties in with how Victor viewed the world and viewed his creation as a prison that just held him captive. Very much so. I mean, he he spent his, I think he spent all of his, his life in fear, waiting for the next thing to happen the next person in his family to die the next attack and um he sort of self-isolated himself all right thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next time